0: This is Everyday Leaders, I'm your host, Melanie A. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the leadership principles that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us the of value of following ideas that inspire you. And if you make intentional plans to reach your goals, you can do anything you want in life. Maggie Oldham, the Modern Etiquette Coach, is my guest today. Everyday Leaders, 50 and 50. Show 11 starts now. Welcome to the program, Maggie. Thank you
1: so much, Melanie. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I could not sleep last night thinking about this interview you are so inspiring. You're going to teach us so much today and things that people haven't even thought about. <laughs> so, uh, why I brought you on this program is because uh, I have been following you since we worked together many years ago at a medical company and you have just kind of blossomed. You left medicine. You you were a business analyst, I think, right, at Cook Medical? Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And so you started that journey, and then all of a sudden I hear you're moving to California to follow this dream. So what, mm-hmm. what, what happened? You got inspired, and what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. So uh, just to give everyone a background, I went through uh, a, a business degree at St. Mary's College, and like most graduates, I Started an entry-level job after college and uh, found myself working for a medical device company in Bloomington, Indiana, and I worked there in my 20s. And it was great. It was a great, uh, you know, start to a corporate career, and uh, met some wonderful people, and really developed a great skill set that I still use on a daily basis uh, today. But um, there was something that felt a little off, or there was something that was missing in my life, and uh, that was passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, interesting story, um, while I was working for the medical device company. Time Magazine came out with an article, and this is back in 2011, and the article was talking about Swiss finishing schools, ah. so very, very random topic, but I read this article, and the article talked about how Switzerland is known for their finishing schools, and for those of you who don't know, finishing school is basically an etiquette school, mm-hmm. And this article was talking about how so many of the Swiss finishing schools were no longer in existence except for this one in particular that was thriving Wow! because they had updated their curriculum to appeal to business people. And at the time I was reading this article, I thought, oh my gosh, what a wonderful experience to go to Switzerland <laughs> for a month and study etiquette in the Swiss Alps. How amazing would oh that be? Oh my gosh.
0: Have you ever, had you ever been there before?
1: I had never been there before. Wow. But I think, you know, and a lot of people ask me, well, why finishing school? What what appealed to you? I was actually I was how I would have been 26 at the time the article came out. Finishing school appealed to me, I think, because I grew up watching Disney movies and I always had this sort of fascination with the royal lifestyle and being a princess. And to me, at the time, it was just sort of, you know, a hobby or an interest. But Mm -hmm. when I was reading this article, I thought to myself, I don't know if I'll ever be able to take a month off and and go to Switzerland and attend finishing school. I just, with a career, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So when I was 28, I sort of had this epiphany that here I am, I'm still young, and I have my whole life ahead of me. What do I want to do with it? It's not too late. Wow. And this was about two years after I read this article in Time Magazine about, about the finishing school, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go attend this finishing school in <laughs> Switzerland. <laughs> And so I used all my savings and I went to this finishing school. The, the name of it is the Institute via Pierre-Fou in Gleon, Switzerland. Wow! And I attended this course and absolutely fell in love with the country of Switzerland, the content that was being taught, and then also the other attendees. It was mostly women and mm-hmm. many of them were professional etiquette coaches. So I left that experience realizing that it was time to make a life change. So long story short, oh I turned gosh. in my two week notice <laughs> at the medical device company and I moved out to Los Angeles and I started my etiquette blog. Oh my
0: gosh. Just from so that's that. that's the long and
1: short of how I got started.
0: So how long was the finishing school when you left and you went to Switzerland?
1: So the finishing school has various programs. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a year-long program that is for students in a gap year, and that's intensive etiquette (laughs) training. The course I attended was a two-week finishing program for business people. So you Mm -hmm. had to be 25 or older to go, and the first week focused on the European art of dining, and then the second week focused on international etiquette and protocol. Wow.
0: Wow. So from that, you know, here you live in the United States. Had you traveled much outside of the United States before this?
1: I had traveled a little bit, um, but not extensively. So this was a big deal for me to fly by myself. And, of course, they speak French and German and Italian in Switzerland and fortunately I was in the French speaking part of Switzerland and I studied French in high school and college and so I was able to use a little bit of those conversation skills to get by but it was very intimidating to do that Um, but I I knew I wanted to go so badly that I didn't let that get in my way.
0: Mm -hmm. And how many people were in your class?
1: There were about 20 participants and they were from all over the world and they had varying backgrounds. Um, Everyone was on a first name basis only because there were attendees who came from diplomatic and royal backgrounds in other countries. Mm
0: -hmm. I was going to say, I'm sure, you know, it's different in the United States. We have so many things that, you know, it's funny when we go back and look at family photos and pictures and people that dressed a certain way back in the 50s and the 60s, they always had hats or they had shawls and, you know, heels. And even when you went shopping, you know, you really dressed up. And today it's a lot different. You know, when we say business casual in a work environment, it can get pretty casual. (laughs) And and so that whole change, I love what you're doing now in today's 2018, right? Bringing back Mm -hmm. what what we say, classy and ethics and and really this energy towards kind of raising our level up in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important. Mm -hmm. One of the things I I love that I kind of watched on one of your blogs and one of your posts, these 10 things that require zero talent or money, right? And this post is so Mm -hmm. great because it really speaks to what you're doing. And it's saying, number one is stay classy. Number two is work ethic. Number three is effort. 4 is body language, 5 is energy, 6 is attitude, 7 is passion, 8 is proper etiquette, 9 is being on time, and 10 is kindness. And all of those things are what you are really bringing out in people through this etiquette training. And yeah. and so your passion is really leading you um to help the world, you know. We really kind of this next change in generations. We, we talk about what's different, um, but this can be used in any generation at any time and it's doesn't mm-hmm. cost anything, right? It's mm-hmm. um, how amazing. So tell me about when you got to LA and, and you started, you know, kind of what was your first thing that you said, I'm going to leave Midwest and I'm going to mm-hmm. follow this passion now that I've had this two weeks of training and I'm really going to follow this dream what did, you know, a lot of people would be so afraid. Like, yeah, I, I got interested and I, you know, I read a book for a couple of weeks or I I watched a blog or I got on YouTube and learned mm-hmm. how to play the guitar, right? But you mm-hmm. were like, this is my dream. I'm going to go follow this.
1: So I want to back up because when I gave the intro and the shortened version of how I left the Midwest and moved to the West Coast, it makes it sound so easy and it makes it sound so rainbows and butterflies, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. And what I mean by that is when you tell people, Hey, I'm going to not follow the script that's been given to me by family, friends, educators, and I'm going to go out and do my own thing. Meaning I'm going to leave the corporate world. I'm going to leave this soft cozy city and lifestyle that i'm used to and i'm going to go clear across the country to start something totally new you get a lot of pushback mm-hmm. and i experienced a lot of that when i first started sharing this idea and it wasn't it wasn't just a hey everybody this is what i'm doing and everyone said oh, oh that's great good luck we'll see you in la mm-hmm. It was more, I started incorporating the idea into conversations with friends and family to try to plant that seed. Mm -hmm. And as this became more and more of a reality, the pushback felt greater and greater. And so I don't want to mislead people to think that this was an easy, quick, oh, hey, I found my passion and I'm going to go do it because... Mm -hmm. I had to really rely on myself and and support from within because I didn't have that external support. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. But I knew in my heart that the life I was living was not for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that if I was going to make a change, I had to do something drastic and I had to move cities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when I was finally able to make that move. I remember arriving in LA and I came to LA with two suitcases (laughs) and I felt this overwhelming sense of peace. Wow. Like all of a sudden I was living my life for me Mm -hmm. and I was going confidently in the direction of my dreams, which is a quote many people have heard. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you changed your environment and you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of things we learn about leadership is when you are in a different environment that can inspire, encourage, and really drive your passion to fulfill your purpose. And And I
1: think that is so key because I found that in LA, there were so many like-minded people. And then also there's something to be said about sunshine and flowers and palm trees. It really does affect your whole physiology Mm -hmm. when you're in that kind of environment. So I think you're absolutely right. I don't think I would have had the same success that I have now had I stayed in the same stagnant environment. Mm -hmm. It did take almost a complete 180 degree change for me Mm -hmm. um, to really get inspired and to have the confidence. And then it was sort of like an out of sight, out of mind. Right. Here I was in this new city and it was just a fresh blank slate. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and and so it's amazing because, you know, when we think about psychologists and, and, you know, leadership coaches and things talk about never really being able to outperform your self-image, and we talk about this reflection and looking in this mirror and saying, if I don't believe I am this person, then I'm never going to achieve that, right? And so putting yourself in the right environment and saying, well, it might be really scary, but I've got to find the right people. I've got to be around like-minded individuals to see if I can fulfill this dream. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can always go back to the safe zone, but being Mm -hmm. able to just step outside of that and go, I'm going to follow this for a while. And, and so tell me about, you know, maybe a time after you got to California and you're still, you know, great. You're in that right environment and you're so excited and things are working. What happened next? that maybe was a challenge, what was your first maybe kind of aha, like, yeah, I really need to keep my energy focused because I know that I want to do mm-hmm. this and it's not that easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for me, you know, it was, it, in, I, I'd like to go back to what you said about, you can always go back to that safety zone
0: mm-hmm.
1: because for me, moving out to California, I kept repeating to myself, and this was sort of my mantra. I want to say to myself at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of my life, that at least I tried. Mm-hmm. And I'll never know if this is something that I can actually turn into a business and a passion if I don't try. Mm-hmm. And so there were, there were moments, and I, I did not have what you would call a day job for about a year when I was in LA. So I was living off savings and on the side for fun, just to gain a little extra money. I was actually doing background acting, which was a lot of fun. That's a <laughs> whole separate podcast. I could tell you so many <laughs> from background acting. Um, but I was doing that and I was trying to build this business. And I started my business with a blog. I took an online class on how to build your own WordPress website. And I started with a blog because... I, couldn't, I knew that I couldn't just show up in L.A. and say, hi, I'm an etiquette coach. My only credentials are I went to finishing school. I have nothing else <laughs> to show for myself. Here I am. Take, pay me to teach you etiquette or take my etiquette classes. No, I had to start... Somewhere, And so for me, it was with a blog. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, for that first year, I was unemployed and I was, you know, working as a background actor during the day, blogging at night, um, getting on social media and really building a brand for myself, putting Mm -hmm. a lot of thought and effort into this brand and this company that I wanted to do. But I also think, you know, the kind of the aha moment for me was a year into that time, I realized I needed to get a day job Mm -hmm. and I think there are so many entrepreneurs who don't want to admit that either to themselves or to the outside world because they feel like they're a failure Mm -hmm. and so many people and I've met these kind of people in LA and I've met these kinds of people in New York they're entrepreneurs and they also have a survival job but they are so embarrassed to tell anyone that they do but you but you have to and it's yeah. okay to talk about that it's okay and and this is what I you know would tell people who are in the same boat as me and they say well i really you know want to get this business off the ground but i i'm stressing out because i can't pay my bills and i always tell people you are not going to be at your creative best if you're worried about whether or not your electricity is going to be on next month <laughs>
0: isn't that the truth yeah yeah, you're right. So
1: You can't expect to be successful in your, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors if you are able to survive and you're worried about your bills. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to get that survival job. And so I've had ever since 2014, so a year into LA, I've had, you know, survival jobs and, and these have all been corporate jobs that I do, quote unquote, during the day as my day job that allow me to have the energy and the relaxation and the inner peace to focus my extra time, whether that be in the evenings (laughs) or on the weekends, on the business that I'm truly passionate about. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think so many people are embarrassed to admit that because they feel like it's a failure, but it's Mm -hmm. not.
0: Well, you make a great point because there are so many people that, you know, that I've talked to and that I personally coach and they're like, i I'm in this job and I'm stuck. And they feel like maybe that's the only answer that they they've got to stay in this eight to five environment and work their way up in corporate America. And I think what's interesting is the millennials, this whole thought process about millennials, and I listen to Simon Sinek a lot, and you know, his his ideas about how millennials see the world. And I think why it's so important of what you're doing today is because people want change. And they don't feel mm-hmm. maybe they have the power to make decisions over their life, and so trying their passions while they're still doing their day jobs, right? And mm-hmm. and being okay with like starting a blog and starting, you know, ideas or focus groups or opportunities to just empower themselves and and mm-hmm. do the things that they really their heart is following. So, um, it's so great. You're kind of like this modern day Emily Post. <laughs> you know <laughs> that we can all really kind of follow and um and watch, and so a lot of people today have blogs, right? And mm-hmm. so who did you who did you follow? Who was your mentor as you continued to put this together and have a day job and and say, did you compare yourself to anybody? Or are you kind of branding your own unique style for Maggie Oldham?
1: So I'm very very proud of the fact that I have branded myself as a modern etiquette coach. Mm -hmm. And I really am, really, and and I like to say this, and I think it's true because I, I follow so many etiquette coaches on social media and I have a daily Google alert for the word etiquette. And so I'm getting articles, fresh articles every morning on etiquette. And that's actually a great tip that I love to share with people. Um, You can set up a daily Google alert for whatever your niche or your industry is, and it'll send you the latest and greatest news articles surrounding etiquette. So I'm very proud of the fact that I am truly a modern etiquette coach. And There are plenty of other etiquette coaches out there, but they're a little bit more old school. They are more like the the Emily Post of the world, um, which she would be known as the grandmother of etiquette. Mm -hmm. So I have, so throughout my journey, uh, when I started my blog, and that was the first step for me, the blog and the social media, was really writing about things that resonated with today's modern society. So one of my first blog posts that's gotten thousands of of hits and views on YouTube. I have a video that corresponds with it is nightclub etiquette. (laughs) So what's the etiquette when you're going to a nightclub in Vegas? (laughs) And there are very specific etiquette rules that you can follow, um, you know, to to make sure that you're maximizing your enjoyment at the nightclub and Mm. not getting on anyone else's nerves. (laughs) And and I also did a blog post on pool party etiquette. So Mm -hmm. what are some things you need to remember for that? And so I really... I really kind of made my own niche because nobody else was doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, and when I started my blog back in 2013, I was 28 at the time. And so I was thinking, okay, a 28 year old in LA, what topics am I interested in? Mm -hmm. What do I want to know about? And, And another blog post was how to approach a celebrity at a restaurant perfect for LA. So it was, it was topics that are are relevant and interesting and not stuffy. And I actually, when people, when people hear that I teach etiquette, a lot of times they have a preconceived notion of what that is. And and people think of manners and sitting up straight and a a grandmother wagging her finger at you. And really (laughs) etiquette is not, It's not exclusively about manners. Etiquette is really about how you carry yourself Mm -hmm. in different situations and having the knowledge and then the confidence to know what to do in those situations so that you feel at ease and you feel comfortable and you feel like you can put your best foot forward, whether you're in a restaurant at a nightclub. You know, backstage at a concert, mm-hmm. it's all these little things of of knowing what to do and knowing how to carry yourself in these modern day situations to differentiate yourself.
0: Well, and it's preparing yourself, you know, like you just, you mm-hmm. just walked us through, but there's so many times when you think about, you know, it's, it's understanding yourself and in, improving in your circumstances so that when an opportunity comes to you 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 have your mind trained and you you've gotten that mindset the framework
1: mm-hmm. right
0: around if you you know you're at a club and you see this celebrity that's a great point how do you approach them and what is the appropriate thing and what are they expecting mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know the impressions that we make on people what are they what is the right thing is it the first 5 seconds that we leave an impression when we first meet somebody that's that lasting or is it 20 seconds like it's it's immediate right so you want to be able mm-hmm. to say I am aware of how I engage with people so that I have that lasting impression.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then so from these blog posts that had a very modern spin on them, I started to develop content for classes Mm -hmm. and I thought, oh my gosh, I have all this great content. How am I going to do my first class in L.A.? that was a big step for me. And I think that's a big step for a lot of entrepreneurs is, you know, you're, you're working away, you're chipping away every day, you know, adding, adding a tweet here and there, adding pictures to your Instagram, adding more blog posts, you're, you're, you know, being interviewed for, for different media outlets, you're chipping away every day Mm -hmm. to build up your credibility and then you finally have this product or service and you're ready to launch. And that's like a huge milestone for a lot of entrepreneurs. And it's sort of like, well, how do you, what do you do next? How do you start? And so for me, what I did was I did a launch party in LA mm-hmm. and I reserved this space at a co-working space in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I bought a bunch of champagne glasses from Ikea and brought some <laughs> champagne and invited pretty much everybody I knew in LA to this launch party. Mm-hmm. And I had about 30 people show up, which was incredible. And we were all drinking champagne. And I basically did my social etiquette class as the presentation for this launch party. Fantastic. And that was the very first social etiquette class I ever did. And it's amazing how it has taken off now, as you know, I, you know, have a standing contract with the Watergate Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I'm flying up there every month to teach etiquette classes. And a lot of the content that I teach comes from that very first launch party. Wow. And so to see the evolution and, and now, you know, as you know, I'm flying all over the country teaching dining etiquette, social etiquette, to see that evolution from the blog to the launch party where I invited my friends mm-hmm. to now I'm I'm getting, you know, weekly emails from various organizations all around the U.S. Um, for speaking engagements.
0: That's amazing. And so it's really been the last five years, right? You've created your brand over five mm-hmm. years.
1: It has. It has. And I remember in L.A., you know, you meet a lot of, of people in L.A. who are trying to make it big and break through into acting and hosting and into the entertainment industry. And they always say, it takes five years to become an overnight success. (laughs) And it's so true. It's so true. And I, and the momentum really for me didn't pick up until probably a year ago. Wow. And it was after I signed that contract with the Watergate hotel and they approached me, which was incredible. They um we're looking at various etiquette coaches online and I got an email from their PR company saying, Hey, we're interested in having you come and do monthly classes at the Watergate Hotel in DC. And I was I was so excited, I was blown away, but it was about a it, it took about a year for it actually to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell anyone because I you know I learned I've learned along the way until you actually are standing at the podium <laughs> delivering the, the material to the audience, mm-hmm. it's not set in stone. Right. And so I never, as a rule, whenever I have these big opportunities, I don't say anything about it until after the fact. And then I post the pictures. But <laughs> um, but the, the 5 year thing, it's so interesting because um, it really was probably year four, to be completely honest, where I really started gaining momentum. And I'm now at that sort of tipping point mm-hmm. where... I am finding that I'm probably not going to need to do the survival slash day job any longer because Mm -hmm. this is a thriving business. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's really when you're getting started, I think it can be really intimidating to see other people and to see case studies and to think, oh, my gosh, like, how am I ever going to get there? But really, if you just chip away every day, whether that's a blog post or a tweet or an email to a media outlet identifying yourself as a subject matter expert just do one little thing every day or even just one little thing every week
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 that helps you build up your credibility and your brand and then you start to get momentum it's like a snowball effect and mm-hmm. i experienced that you know over 5 years that's
0: amazing i love i i was looking at the Oldham.com. and when you look mm-hmm. up the watergate hotel Um, the etiquette at the Watergate Hotel, one of your titles of your classes that you had in January was Manners and Mimosas. I mean, that Mm -hmm. just speaks to everybody. Like, who wouldn't want to go to that? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so when you think about, you know, maybe who your competition was when you, did you, how long did you know that the Watergate was thinking about having you um, as this select contract? Did you know that for a
1: while? They approached me in January of 2017. And the first class we had wasn't until November, 2017. So for about 11 months, I was having conversations. I knew that they were looking at their etiquette coaches, but I didn't let that get in my head. Mm -hmm. I just, whenever they wanted to see deliverables from me, I just always gave them, you know, to them. And I really just focused on my offerings and my brand and they picked me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was really exciting.
0: That's amazing. Well, and that's being true to yourself and your purpose, you know, and really Mm -hmm. understanding your value and then being able to communicate that, you know, with intention, um, to really what your brand is. And so that's just an amazing story that congratulations to you on all your success. It's, it's been fun to really watch you. And, uh, you know, last when we connected, I was like, okay, where are you now? Because you've gone from indiana to california to new york and now now in florida and Mm -hmm. um and so it's great to see your success and really just follow the fuel of your passion thank you so so great so um so i love to ask my guests this but you know we've missed so much because i there's just so much great content that you have i want people to follow you but what do you what inspires you
1: That's a really great question. Um, What inspires me? I think it's really the reaction that I get in my classes when my class participants have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. So whether it's demonstrating how to get out of a car gracefully and someone says, oh, wow, that's, that's, I never realized there was a trick to it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or, how to make a great toast, and somebody says, oh my gosh, this is perfect timing because I have to give a toast at a wedding next month. Mm -hmm. It's seeing the class participants' eyes light up when they have the aha moment, and I'm sharing something that is going to be useful in their lives, and I also get a lot of inspiration from Instagram, (laughs) funny enough, and I know that that's the, the generation I'm in and the age that we live in, but a lot of times I will post etiquette tips on my Instagram page and people will comment, oh my gosh, that's such a great tip. Thank you so much for sharing. Or I'll post an open-ended question. I had a question on my Instagram the other day that I posted to get people's feedback. And that was whether or not you should have a sign at your wedding um, telling your guests not to take photos. And it just opened up so... So many comments and discussion and to see that there, I mean, I think there were like 50 different comments and different opinions on this question and to see people actively engaged in the topics of etiquette and to see these, these things resonating with people is really inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you next, like what was, what's been your biggest surprise, you know, in teaching some of these classes?
1: the biggest surprise has been just the initial reception that I get Mm -hmm. when I say I'm an etiquette coach. (laughs) And sometimes I get the reaction, you're an etiquette coach. What does that mean? You teach people how to not chew with their mouths open. (laughs) And I say, no, not really. It's more about putting your best foot forward And like we spoke about how to be confident in different situations. And then I also get, you know, when I'm meeting people, I'm making friends in all these different cities I'm going to, I I get people that say, you're an etiquette coach. Oh, I'm I'm scared to eat around you or I'm afraid to have dinner with you. (laughs) Or worse, you sort of see that little glimmer of judgment in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you're an etiquette coach. You must be so snobby. You must be so stuffy. Now they don't come out and say it, but you see it in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really surprising to me. And it, and again, it goes back to what we spoke about, about being true and authentic to yourself. And, and it is hard sometimes because when you say you're an etiquette coach and it's not received well, or at least you perceive it to not be received well. It can kind of be not hurtful, but discouraging in a way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people would say, well, "Well, why are you into this?" I mean, it's such an it's such an antiquated thing. Well, first of all, it's not antiquated. <laughs> it's, it's so applicable, as we've you know discussed. Yeah. But it's it's about you know I have to take a minute to say you know what I have so many you know, passions and hobbies and interests outside of etiquette. This is one, one aspect of who I am, one component of my being Mm -hmm. that I, that I love and that I enjoy, but it's, it's not, it's not the entire being of me. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's being, you know, true and authentic to yourself, not letting other people's perceptions of your business or your brand, Um, sway you from continuing to do what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, having that healthy separation between what you're doing as an entrepreneur and then your social everyday life. Mm -hmm. My friends know that when we go out to dinner, I'm casual. I'm having fun. I'm not sitting up perfectly straight. (laughs) But they also know that if we were to go to a fancy dinner together, that they could count on me to help them navigate, you know, whose fork is whose and whose glass is whose.
0: Right. Make that reservation the right way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, th- I think it's important to have, you know, in as an entrepreneur, have that healthy balance as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So what do you, um, I have to ask you this because it's all about this social media thing now. And what would you, uh, the advice that you would give to people that, you know, have emotional breakdowns or emotional you know, um, we all blog and we all do these great things on social media, but what do you, what would your advice be to people that, you know, really kind of reach out on social media and, and, um, and rant or, or have, you know, um, acknowledgement or fears of things that are happening on social media. It's such a, a big thing when I coach people, you know, especially kids, they say, well, I don't want to get on social media or my feelings got hurt because of, you know, something that was said. And, um, as an etiquette coach, you know what would your advice be to all of us in the world today about social media?
1: So I think social media is sort of a reflection of real life. And I would give the same advice to your activities on social media that I would give to your activities in real life. Mm-hmm. And that is when you step out into the world, and whether that be the online world or the real world, the way you carry yourself and the way you present yourself can be your greatest source of competitive advantage. So what does that mean? So what are you trying to achieve in your life? Are you trying to, you know, have your career take off? Are you trying to launch a product? Are you trying to, you know, find a life partner? Are you trying to just find friendships? Whatever that goal is, the way you carry yourself can get you either further from that goal or closer to that goal. Mm -hmm. And so for me, social media, and I'm very active on social media. I have an Instagram account. I post on stories. I'm very particular about what I post on social media because I want it to be a reflection of who I am and my brand. And I want to put my best foot forward. Now, some people might say, well, that's not being authentic. You know, you're only showing the highlight reel. But for me, it is being authentic Mm -hmm. because When I'm out in the real world, I make a conscious effort to put my best foot forward and to, you know, portray a positive persona. And so I do not use social media, nor do I recommend to use social media for overly personal things Mm -hmm. or for posts that that aren't a a reflection of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm very cautious about what I put on social media, I I keep it real. You yeah. know, I I post fun things. You know, when I'm out and about <laughs> and going through my everyday life, I don't do a lot of filtering or editing on the photos. But I don't post, you know, long diatribes or I don't vent about things because that's just not me and that's not the image that I want to portray on social media. And that has served me very well because with I I think as of today I have about twelve thousand followers. I have yet to get any kind of mean or nasty or hurtful comment or message from anyone, mm-hmm. which, is, which is amazing. But I think, again, it's because I'm, I'm curating content um, in the right way.
0: Taking that to the high level. I, I think that's mm-hmm. so important for people to hear because, you know, sometimes it's about we just don't feel good about ourselves or something happened and we want to put it out there. And it's like it may not be the right time or the right thing to do. So just to think about it, step back, reflect, and stop you know, before you hit that send button, right? Because it does, Mm -hmm. it's permanent. The internet is permanent. And so Mm -hmm. as an etiquette coach, hearing that from you is so valuable, I think, to people as they just kind of live their lives every day, right? Because there's another way that you can communicate that. So, wow. Well, Maggie, this time has flown by. I cannot even thank you enough for coming on this Everyday Leaders podcast. You are just the epitome of a leader in society, I cannot wait to watch you. And as you blossom over the next five years, I mean, who knows where you're going to be, but, um, I love that we're connected. I, would you, um, would you help us by, um, giving us your social media links so people can follow you?
1: Absolutely. And, and thank you again so much for having me on the podcast. I, I love to share my journey and I hope that it's helpful to others. Um, and it was just such a pleasure speaking with you. So oh, thank you again. Wonderful. So my website is just my first and last name. So www.MaggieOldham.com. That's M-A-G-G-I-E-O-L-D-H-A-M. And my Instagram and Facebook handle is at Modern Etiquette Coach.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, you are going to get a lot more followers now, and I cannot wait. Uh, uh, you know, part of this journey that I expressed to you was we were going to have a journal, and you will be a chapter in this journal for people to kind of watch and follow. And uh, coming to the leadership conference if you can make it next March. So, uh, really, people can connect to you in all of these ways, and I will make sure to put in the show notes um, how to connect to you as well on everyday leaders. 50 and 50 podcast and uh, we can really keep connected to you so I hope that uh, this helps you in, in starting to get people more aware of what we should be doing and how we should do it and make the world a better place so thank you for everything Wonderful. you're doing Maggie thank
1: you yeah thank you so much
0: absolutely so have a great 2018 and hopefully we'll, we'll see you at the leadership conference next March
1: yes I would love to be there thank you so much
0: excellent Thank you for joining me this week on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You know, many people that I work with say they want to improve their lives. But like that old saying is, if you don't know where you're going, then you're probably going to end up someplace else. Well, I'd hate to see you in someplace else. Please join me. I have personal growth classes on Monday and Wednesday nights. It's a class called Life by Design. Where you can actually design your life to be successful and bring out that great leader that you were designed to be. You're going to add value to your life and I can help you. Please reach out at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Look for the link in the show notes. I'd love to meet you and help you. Thank you for joining me on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.